Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale Season 5, Episode 15, Chapter 91, The Return of the Pussycats. After going MIA during the middle of her world tour, Josie McCoy returns to Riverdale unexpectedly. Veronica gets creative after a surprise visit from her old friend, Alexandra Cabot. Tony steps in to help Tabitha and Veronica land a deal. This isn't a Riverdale episode. No, it's a Pussycats episode, which is fine. This is definitely a backdoor pilot. Yeah. As a backdoor pilot, I didn't hate it. No, it's fine. Uh, This should have happened in season three or four. This should have happened so long ago. So many things that happened in here are a direct reaction to things that have happened outside of the show. This is very much a, see, we love our BIMPOC characters. (laughs) We, We include them and we love them. And it's like, no, it took till season five for you to have an episode that focused on them. So fuck off. And they're still writing some really shitty tropes in there right at the last minute. Yeah. I get where they're going with it. So like it yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not great. Um this episode doesn't do anything for our overall story of Riverdale. No. Except that Tony has her baby and they did that in the sloppiest, cheesiest way possible <laughs> while also being an old navy commercial. You got to have that budget come from somewhere, you know. Yeah. <sighs> um what we ran out of CoverGirl money? Yeah, it's just, it's not good. And you can just see if you've, if you've followed the show like we have for this whole time, you can really see it as just, this is just a reaction to the fans, a reaction to the critics, a reaction to the backlash of Vanessa Morgan calling out RAS and the show as a whole, which is all fair. Like all of that is fair. And everything that Josie says to the core four is, earned and accurate so that all's fine but this there's still so much in this episode that's out of place and strikes the wrong tone and and it's just like you've been sloppy you've been sloppy this whole time well it's incredibly forced but what's enjoyable about it is enjoyable and for me on that end it's really just more like you know what it's stupid i don't love it but i i didn't hate my time watching this episode (laughs) I, you know, I can't even say that because there's too many songs. The songs are really bad. The, the singing is fantastic. The singing is decent. Some some songs are better than others, but the song choice is so forced. Most of them, for sure. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> we start the episode with a new narrator. New? <laughs> a new narrator because previously I think she had a total of five lines and the show was a total. Fair. We've got Melody typing away on her computer, talking about our story is three young women bursting with talent. They were the best of friends until sadly they weren't. Our story is about how they parted ways, found their own unique voices, and then rediscovered each other, but not without some drama. And while she's reading all that, we get flashbacks to all the other times we've seen the Pussycats together, which is cool. Yeah. Also, you know, if you just jumped into this show recently, then you may not have remembered them. Again, they were so barely used that it's a blink and you'll miss it type of thing. They were background characters. Barely. They were barely background (laughs) characters. Melody especially was, she was wallpaper, essentially. 
because she barely got any lines. Actually, until now, she really didn't even have a name. <sighs> I mean, yeah. that's the frustrating part is that you have IP for Josie and the Pussycats. Like, it's not hard for you to give them characters. <laughs> They're already written. Well, apparently it was in this show. So then we cut over to an apartment and Valerie and Melody are throwing a party. And apparently we have things to celebrate. Melody has written a book. She's published her first novel. It's going to be a YA hit. It's called Summer Storm. And that's just pretty freaking cool. And then we also find out that Melody was going to go to Harvard Law School and decided not to. Also very cool. Also in this scene, we find out she's got a girlfriend. Also All three cool. of these things are very cool. Very, like We've gotten a thousand pieces of information in three seconds that we never had before. So I don't want to hear another thing. Like, well, we couldn't do it for time. Bullshit. You were too lazy to do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> and apparently, with some nudging to reveal this from Nance, Melody's girlfriend, Tyler Perry has optioned it, and the plan is to have Valerie play the lead. Yay! Okay. This is very cool. Yeah. All right. Great. Really don't love the name dropping Tyler Perry. Uh, <laughs> Be- because it's a YA genre, I was like, Tyler Perry doesn't do YA. Tyler Perry could do YA. He could. It's just, we couldn't come up with another successful black man. No. No. Not Riverdale. I saw somebody on the Reddit suggest, like, why couldn't they have said, like, Shonda Rhimes? I'm like, yes. Shonda Rhimes is the shit. That would have worked better. (laughs) And also in the vein of high drama, yes. Just notch one on the lazy tally board for that. So then we cut to a scene where Melody's in bed with Nance and they're talking about how excited they are that Melody was able to be celebrated tonight. And... Melody's not happy about the movie being brought up. And it's like, why? And it's like, oh, because Tyler wants a big star. Someone like Kiki Palmer or Amanda Stenberg and not Val, because if we want to get the movie made, it's got to be a star. So like, sure. Okay, that's fair. That's a pretty standard thing with an unknown author, unknown property. Yeah. So, okay. There's going to be drama within these two. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, I appreciate that they're giving us, okay, there's going to be some tension between those two. It's not just going to be those two against Josie. Yeah, and and even more so, I mean, we know where this episode heads. It's more tension for Melody. It's this anxiety that Melody is holding on to about it. That makes her want to be cagey about other things going on. So then we cut over to Valerie's room, and she is with who we find out is Alan M. Now... (laughs) Canonically, <laughs> Alan Mayberry, or Alan M, as he's typically called, is with Josie in this world. He is with Valerie. I'm fine with this. This is a cute this is a cute comic update to be like, hey, there's Alan M, but oh, he's with Valerie. Okay. <laughs> it's cute. Again, with this being a backdoor pilot, now you open that door for who knows what with a band. Absolutely. Uh, We find out that Valerie is not only an actress, but she's a poet and an activist. That's cool. And Alan has apparently asked her a big question that she's got to think about. Of course, we figure out it's marriage. You know, of course, we knew that. And she's just got to think about it. And Alan M's just like, I don't care. I'm with you no matter what. 
Okay, cool. In the first five minutes of this episode, all three of these women, well, at least these two for sure, are far more developed and way more stable than anybody else in this show. Well, I I think to call them stable is not fair because we really don't get a full look into what's been going on with them all this time. But we get way more information about them in these few minutes. And I'm way more interested in what's going on with them than I am with Veronica, Archie, or Jughead. I'm still interested in what's going on with Serial Killer and Buddy. But I don't (laughs) care about anybody else. Even Archie. We kind of like where they're going with it. I Archie. like what they're doing, but I'm not like, show me more. Like, I don't care. It's true. I can I can predict the trajectory of all that. I want to see what's happening over here. It is very true that I'm sitting here watching this episode like, I, I think I might just want to watch this show instead. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, so good on them with the backdoor pilot. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, you're doing your job. You're reintroducing these characters. You're giving us new information. Cool. And- you're not doing a perfect job of it, but you're centering them yes. in an episode that's exclusively about them. Mm. I mean, they, they, they have done episodes like this before mm-hmm. and shoehorned in all the other subplot. So, I mean, eh. anyways, we cut on over to Pops and Tabitha's working and we hear on the radio the tail end of a Josie McCoy song and we find out through this radio announcement that Josie's gone missing. She was last seen in Berlin when she failed to appear on stage. So where'd she go? And what happened? <laughs> and then we see someone walking in and they've got this leopard fur coat on. And we hear, excuse me, I'd like to place an order to go double cheeseburger, cheese fries, and a chocolate shake. And then it's Tabitha realizing who this is. And Josie's freaking out. Oh, my God. Where's Pop Tate? And so we, you know, Tabitha's is like, that's my grandfather. He retired. Oh, my God. You're Josie McCoy. Why are you here? <laughs> Which is great. I appreciate the fangirling. What I didn't like about this. I'm fine with the radio announcement. We should have already known that Josie was pop star touring, being amazing before this. And that would have been so easy throughout the show to have things like this. Josie is on tour. She's in L.A. She's here. She's in Austin. She's in New Orleans. She's in Florida. It would have been so easy for them to put that in with to give us these hints. Or it could have been Kev being like, oh, I I went away last weekend because I decided to meet up with Josie. So and so and so place at her latest gig, because last we checked, Josie's mom and Kevin's dad are married. Based on this episode, I don't think so anymore. No. <laughs> well, they have a very relaxed relationship, which is fine, but that that question was definitely raised. And they could have easily they could have built up to this and not have it stick out like a sore thumb because essentially it was just like, oh hey, it's that girl who used to live here. It it's completely an afterthought. Oh, it is. And it's it's totally indicative of that mm-hmm. to have not given us this before. But it also just reveals that, well, we had no plans until we decided maybe we could create a pilot around them. So let's just kind of throw it back in and insert it. But the thing is, they've had so now granted, this is the last episode they filmed. Mm -hmm. This is the very last one they filmed because things got out of order on the second half uh, because of Vanessa Morgan's pregnancy, which is totally fair, valid, not shitting on that. But you had four months to be like, oh, 
even if in this back half, they could have been dropping those hints, even if it wasn't in the first half of season five, it could have been just in the back half. We've had three episodes. You could have done this and you didn't No, it's lazy. It's just, of course it is. It's just lazy. That's number two on my tally list. I'm going to keep that going as we go throughout the episode. Okay. Fabulous. (laughs) So Tabitha is just like, so why are you here? Like, what what's it feel like being back? And we get into a scene Dion song. <laughs> they had to pick the most diva of divas to cover here. Which I'm kind of I'm okay with picking a diva like song for Josie because the last time we saw her, it was diva diva diva. Oh yeah. And if she's a pop star, that kind of makes sense. I don't have a problem with this. It's just Ashley Murray for as talented as she is cannot sing this song and it reads very hollow with the way it's performed the staging of all of these songs is bonkers awful Awful. it's just awful and the editing could have been better with the glimpses of the flashbacks because again i like the flashbacks we see her drinking at pops drinking milkshakes with at pops with her dad we see her singing on top of pops with veronica and cheryl we see her dancing at pops with chuck okay great Then we see her walking down the staircase at school, which, okay. But then we see her uh, in the boxing ring kissing Archie. And then she's singing with the Pussycats on stage. Then she's kissing Sweet Pea. Then she's in the music room. And then all of a sudden, the other Pussycats show up. And they're just, and it's right when they go, it's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. And then we transition to her at the five seasons. And we realize she's singing it out on a keyboard in her hotel room. And it it's just read very, so the, the transitions should have been musical level smooth for this to play off. And the sad thing is this isn't their musical episode. She should never have gone to the school. That was the step too far here because it's like, what, what, where, where in this part of it? Like you left Pops, you mm-hmm. went back to your hotel and you were playing music. Then intercut that with the clips. But you going to the school suddenly in a dress for no reason makes no fucking sense. No, it, it <laughs> and I, I know it's supposed to be, this is all in her mind and that's fine. And this is what she's remembering. This is what she's feeling. And I, I, I can buy that suspension of disbelief is not a problem for me, but it's done poorly. Yeah. There's no consistency. Again, it comes back to this laziness, add to my tally. But like, it, it's that thing of if you're going to do something fantastical, it has to have a logic to it. There's got to be something internally consistent. There had it. to feel like a through line. And I feel like her going to school, the only memory flashback we saw at school was her performing on stage with the Pussycats. You could have cut all that and her being at school would have been pointless. And it could have just been her on stage with the different moments of performing with those girls. That would have been more effective. And then you put her in the music room because I get the music room because that's also where she made out with Archie. Cool. Whatever. <laughs> it, it was just really disconnected and it didn't it didn't pack the punch that they the emotional punch they were going for. No. So. What stops her singing is this knock, knock, knock on the door. And she goes and opens it. And she's, oh, man, I thought I told the front desk no autographs. And it's the bellhop or the concierge and Hiram Lodge. (laughs) And uh, the bellhop is like, I'm sorry, Miss Newmar. Very funny. 
hotel policy, no live music in our rooms after 9 p.m. There have been complaints to which, okay, this is a bit much, but I still loved it. Oh, I was so happy for this. Damn, Mr. Lodge. Nice to know you're still a little bitch. (laughs) Was not expecting that. But I love it because she has no reason to give two shits what this man wants. And she has even more clout than he does. Well, that's the thing. She's got more money. She's more famous than him. They're going to do what the fuck I want because I'm here. Not you, big boy. I don't care. I loved it. And I love Hiram just like, excuse me, what makes you think you can speak to me that way? Because in his mind, you're a child. Uh Uh-huh. Also fair. Well, for starters, you're in your jammies whining that my music is too loud. To me, that screams once a little bitch, always a little bitch. (laughs) And she looks at the concierge, says, move him if he's got a problem with my music. Excellent idea, Miss Newmar, just to turn it down. And Josie slams the door. (laughs) Hiram is protesting the whole time. Oh, God. I didn't know I needed someone to call Hiram a little bitch, but I did. And the only person with enough gumption and ability to do so is Josie fucking McCoy. The thing is, I think other people do. I mean, Veronica called him a dog, which was fabulous when that happened. But, you know, she's got to be all daddy. 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 So I, I just, I was very fun. It is a, it does seem a little out of character for the Josie we know. But also, we haven't seen Josie in two years. A lot of shit's gone down. So for me, like character wise, I didn't feel too, too bad about any of them having some kind of big shift in their character because it really felt like they, the one thing they did establish and the one thing they weren't lazy about was mm-hmm. saying, it's been seven fucking years. They've all grown up and changed. Well, again, they're reminding us it's been a minute, Uh huh. which is fine. I, I don't have a problem with any of that. It just was like, whoa, that feels really extreme from Josie. Not that those words didn't need to be said. Yeah. I, I just loved it. That's all. <laughs> I, I love someone calling Hiram a little bitch. And his reaction to it is adorable. He's so offended. I, I mean, great. <laughs> uh, so we cut to Veronica's at the counter at Pops. And Tabitha's like, hey, you got a minute? For you, I've got five. And Tabitha says, I recently had an encounter with someone who inspires me. Which is kind of cool. We assume that's that's Josie. Yeah. So I I appreciate that, especially since Tabitha is not a character who had previously met Josie. So that's cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. And so she tells Veronica, I want to franchise Pops, but I need more money. Can I give you my nest egg to invest? Veronica says, "Uh, it's probably not a great time. Chad pulled me into financial quicksand, a Ponzi scheme I'm trying to dig myself out of by trading again but it'll be months before I can recover what Chad stole from his clients in our name. And if any investors pull out, the whole house of cards comes down. Okay, so that's a lot of exposition from Veronica, but it does very plainly explain to the audience her financial situation. Because previously, we really haven't explained how the trading thing is going to work for her. I will say they didn't explicitly state it, I, I gathered it by how they talked sure. about stuff, but yeah, you're right. They didn't they didn't ever just lay it out plain. But also have myself having watched enough stuff about Ponzi schemes and watching all of billions, I understand how that all works. I would assume the average casual Riverdale watcher might not have caught on to all of that. Yeah, that's fair. 
So I I do appreciate her plainly explaining how the like that she's in a financial house of cards to a character that should hear that. Yes. So Tabs is like, you know, that's enough said. Good, you know, thank you. Okay, cool. So then we cut over to school and Kevin is walking into the principal's office. Look who's visiting. And Waldo is just so excited that she's there. And he's just like, oh, what do I owe the pleasure? And she's just like, hey, I need to do some recording. I want to use the music room. I will pay top dollar. And Waldo, the dumbass that he is, says, can your payment be being the music teacher? Our kids have had a rough year. Okay. Waldo's a super fan. So let's, let's. We find out later that Waldo's a super fan. But Waldo's an idiot. Even Kevin being there should have been like, give them the money. <laughs> like, you're, you're still going to have to write them a check. Yeah, please. Like, just do it. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so thrilled and shocked at how fucking excited and giddy Waldo fucking Weatherby is. They have made Waldo a true cartoon character this season, and I'm here for it. <laughs> it is adorable, and inv- it's very enjoyable. Just. I just remember meeting this guy and being like, what a stern asshole. What the fuck is up with him? And now, now Josie's in. He's like, oh my God. Love it. Love <laughs> it. It's great. Uh, it made me, it made me smile a lot. So we cut on over to Veronica's apartment office, the, the newly refurbished Pembroke and in walks Alexandra Cabot. Okay. Okay. Um, In the comic books. The Cabots, Alex and Alexandra are twins, or I believe they're twins. They're in the music industry and they follow around with the pussycats. They're like kind of the nemeses touring with them. It's weird. But they're they're just a part of the group. It's just yeah. a part. They're part of the, the deal. I think Alex is managing them and Alexandra is like their stylist sometimes. You know, so she's here because as Missy Pyle says in the movie, I'm here because I was in the comic book. <laughs> Alexandra's there to get her money. Mm-hmm. She's feeling antsy. Chad's MIA because that's who she did some business with. So she wants her money. And Veronica is clearly like, oh, fuck. So she says, oh, I have a new investment opportunity. How do you feel about diners? To which she says, tell me more. And I swear to God, I thought we were going to get tell me more from Greece. Okay. Like, had they done that, I would have applauded them for the bit. <laughs> Uh, like if we, especially knowing that we're cutting over to the high school, I would have died of joy. I'm like that would have been so cute yeah, and appropriate. They didn't, they didn't do that. I will say though, they they got the tone right for Alexandra. They really did. Like backdoor pilot wise, I was like, this is the perfect setup for this character. I do like her because we don't see Alex in this one, so I'm here for it. And those characters did show up in Katie Keene. Mm. So. This is kind of like they're we're, they're gonna try and give us Josie and the Pussycats because Katie King got canceled. Yeah, this is what's gonna happen. As of the recording of this, there's been no official announcement that this is in fact gonna go forward. In fact, I just read an article on Decider with Ashley Murray being like, "I haven't agreed to anything, and I don't know if I'd want to do it." Fair, which is also fair. Apparently, she had been asked several times to come back and do Riverdale, and she had previously said no. Mm, also fair. Good for her. Mm-hmm. They not making you a full cast member like some of these other bitches, and then they wasted them. Uh uh-uh, uh, go make your money somewhere else. <laughs> but also come back and get a paycheck when you need. That's fair. I, no judgment. No, 
So we cut to Archie walking down the hallway and he's hearing students sing and he's like, wait, what? No way. And it's very cute. They have him dress specifically so he looks like a student. <laughs> because I'm just like, that's Archie season two, season that three. That red sweater. That in that way, that red sweater, I was like, he does not look like the teacher he has been looking like. He's not wearing his ROTC sweatshirt, which is what he has been wearing every time he's teaching. Yeah. So it was like, oh, they wanted to call it back. I'm fine with that. He walks in the music room and the kids are singing and have a great time with Josie. The actress who plays Britta is front and center and being very heavily featured in that scene. I have a feeling she is going to be very important in season six. Ah, all right. Britta is currently the only girl on the football team. Captain of the football team, I believe. Oh, yeah, she is captain. Uh, but yeah, so she uh, she's apparently going to be a big deal. I, I, I predict she's going to be a big deal ah, for pre- certain. This made me smile so much. This was so cute. It was adorable. <laughs> it was very, it was, well, again, like we said in our, in our prediction for this episode, Archie's the only person Josie doesn't have any beef with. No. So that's great. So Archie comes in and she's like, Archie Andrews. And Archie's just like, I knew it was you. They hug and it feels very genuine. And then we cut to them later in the music room talking and she's just explained what she's doing there. And Archie says, hey, you got to come to the White Worm, formerly the Speakeasy. She wouldn't know that. No. Everyone would love to see you. And she's really hesitant. She's like, "Ah, yes, it's not ready to do. And he's like, no, you've got to come on. It's been, what, seven years? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) In their timeline, it's probably closer to nine. She has a very kind of fuck you voice with that. No, it's really more, I don't want to see everybody. Uh, No, thank you. Which we find out why later all earned and so she's like okay i'll meet you there i've got some phone calls i need to make cut to melody freaking out when her phone rings and it says josie she sends it to voicemail and in her narration and then another phone starts to ring and then we go into the living room of their apartment and val's phone goes off and she picks it up hey josie what's up (laughs) so then we cut to the white worm with our main cast So Archie, Betty, Jughead, Veronica, Cheryl, and Kevin are there. And we we come in at the middle of the conversation and Archie's like, no, we even made this uh, sexy fireman's calendar to raise some money for the station. Uh, uh, But enough about me. What about you, Josie? To which Veronica, she's like, oh, I've been keeping all up on it. I've seen your entertainment tomorrow to your Vanity Flair cover. It's so great you're here. She hasn't told anybody shit. Nope. Betty just is like, I'm so glad you're here. You can help us save Riverdale. We've been needing a face, a celebrity to help get people excited. And Archie's kind of like, give her a minute. She just got here. And then Veronica's going, oh, we should do a benefit concert. That'd be so much fun. Just like old times, which the second Veronica said that, I was like, oh, you better shut this shit down, Josie. So Josie, old times. I don't mean to offend you, Veronica, but I didn't have much say in our old times. And at this point, we're more acquaintances than friends, to which we cut to Jughead's like only line. Yikes. (laughs) Great. It's great. I will say Jughead shouldn't have been in this episode. No, he shouldn't. Given the last episode and that he's supposed to be making, he should be moving on to making amends. One, he shouldn't be in a bar. They should not have put him in a bar. And two, we have not seen him talk to any of these people about where he went or what happened to him or apologize. He should not be in this episode at all. No. Mm-mm. 
but they're that lazy. So, you know. Yes, they are. <sighs> and so that causes Josie to go, oh, Jughead, the last time I saw you, you were robbing Pop Tate's at gunpoint in a serpent's mask. So we flash back to that. Uh... <laughs> Betty tries to like, like, calm and just like, uh, Josie, that was a long time ago. Uh-uh, Betty. You and I have spoken all of what one time in high school, which I loved because it's true. I think they barely had any scenes where they spoke to each other. They just happened to be in the same room. And the most patronizing fucking statement. <laughs> to end Cheryl. If I could just jump in for a moment, none of you townies deserve to be in the presence of such musical greatness. Cheryl, what you sent me a pig's heart, which is something that still haunts me. So jump down off that soapbox, shall we? Cheryl takes a sip of her milkshake like, uh-oh. And then you can just see all of them just go, well, damn. Oh, fuck. Yes. All you people with white privilege, shut the fuck up. Except Archie was like, damn it, my friends do it again. You all are the worst. The worst. And sometimes Archie has been the worst, but in this moment, him and Kevin are like, we're fine. Like. I dated her, but we ended nicely. And Kevin, I'm her brother. <laughs> Cue curb your enthusiasm theme. I love it. So Josie gets up and she's leaving and she runs into Sweet Pea, which is great. You know, he's like, hey, what are you doing here? She goes, she's like, I'm leaving here. And he's like, do you want to ride wherever it is? And so she gets on the back of his bike. It's so cute. And then we see them go to her hotel room and then they get it on. Of course. Of course. We have always been very pro Josie and Sweet Pea. One, because we love, we love Jordan O'Connor. He's great. But them together, his infatuation with her is precious. It's adorable. It is so cute. So the next morning... <laughs> Sweet Pea sees Josie trying to like sneak around. There's like, you trying to sneak out of your own hotel room? I mean, the boards creak so bad. Very funny. He's like, last night was great. Exactly what I needed. But I've got things to do and people to meet. And he's just like, okay, great. You're a busy star. And so they, they blow each other a kiss. She goes, basta. And she leaves. But he covers his face with the pillow. Which is, <laughs> it's just, it, it's things like that that are so cute and tell you so much. And Again, if you're new to this show, if this is going to be their stand their pilot, it tells you everything you need to know about this guy. He is into her. Mm-hmm. Great. It's so cute. It's precious. I'm here for it. So we cut back to the white worm and Josie's talking to Valerie and Melody. She's thanking them for meeting her. She's like, how have you been doing? What have you been doing? Val says, I've been getting into a lot of art and getting into political activism. Val's super chill. Yeah. Melody says that Val's going to save the world one peaceful protest at a time. Melody says, I'm a YA novelist now. And I just had my first book published, which Josie goes, oh, yeah, I heard something about that Tyler Perry's producing and who's going to star. And then Melody interrupts her. So what do you what do you want? Melody is significantly more tense. (laughs) Why are you? uh, uh, What brings you to Riverdale? So Josie is like, "Okay, so I needed a break for my tour. And I thought I'd finally write about my hometown. And since you guys were a big part of my experience here, I'd love to have you join me on one of the tracks. I mean, I don't know if either of you are performing still, to which then we cut to Melody performing at the White Worm, doing amazing. We never knew this girl had this voice. Woo! It's very good. 
She's fabulous. Dua Lipa's physical. I only know because we've seen enough commercials. It's for on. It. A, it's on a commercial right now. So like it. Asha Bromfield kills this song and her dancing. I mean, she's just great. Mm-hmm. And then Valerie, played by Haley Law, um, she also she does. She kind of comes in and helps finish off that song, and then she does her own song again. She's amazing. Different vibe, different style, but still great. Haley Law, we got a little bit when she had her relationship with Archie. So we got a little bit more of her than we ever did Asha. But here to see it all together and see her dancing, I'm just like, hells yes. Not to mention both these women are gorgeous. Also really gives credence to you can make a show with all three of these really talented women. Like if you want to have a jukebox television show, they can pull it off. But you got to have some better song choices. Well, but yeah, I know. So they finish their performances and they come back to the table and uh, they're like, yeah, we still do a little performing on the side. (laughs) And they they talk a little bit about like, you know, music was our first love, which is why it was so hard when you just disappeared on us, Josie. And Josie starts going like, yeah, you know, I just had the opportunity to go with my dad. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're not talking about that. We're talking about before you left town. You stopped calling us, stopped hanging out. We stopped playing gigs and we thought we'd done something wrong. And the irony is that your dad was like us, a side man. You'd think that you, of all people, would have respected your side woman a little bit more. Totally earned. Mm-hmm. This, this moment, like both Josie calling out the others and then herself getting called out by the other pussycats, totally earned because no one else could have done this. Nope. And I, especially as a backdoor pilot, it shows that these girls have history. Yes. And Josie no matter how famous she is, ain't perfect, which I love. Flawed. It's important. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. So she says, I'm sorry, I truly am. I know the value of what you both brought to the table. And I understand if you don't want to record the song, but it's an open offer. So the girls say, you know, think about it. Um, But either way, it was good catching up with you, Josie. All right, cool. I mean, it's a great scene. I mean, the 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 song went on way too long. I found myself fast forwarding through it because I was like, I don't care. The no, performances they're... are good, but they add nothing. And they're going on way too long. But whatever. Yeah. So we cut over to Pops where uh, we have a meeting between Veronica, Tabitha, and Alexandra. And Tabitha just lays it out. I believe that America's ready for a new start. And I believe that the face of that new start should be Pops Chocolate Shop. Small town feel, even in big cities. And they're looking at it. And Alexandra is like, okay, I love diners and I'm feeling your homespun vision. Can I suggest a tweak or two? Tabitha's very uh, a little concerned, a little concerned, a little trepidatious. Totally fair. Okay. She's like, well, you you may not know this about me, but I'm a performer as well as a businesswoman. Of course she is. (laughs) And I've always romanticized singing diners, which, okay, fine. You knew they had to. It's fine. Fine. I'm not surprised, but okay. (laughs) <laughs> to which Veronica's like, we have a proud tradition of singing here at Pops, which is true. <laughs> That's ridiculous. She says, you know, singing is something we can definitely talk about. To which Alexandra says, oh, yeah, talking isn't exactly what I had in mind. Cue Tony Topaz. So Tony is there singing and dancing fully pregnant to Little Shop of Horrors, which is a very funny song for them to be singing. In the chocolate shop. Um, <laughs> it's no secret that R.E.S. wanted the first musical that for them to do was Little Shop of Horrors. And they weren't they weren't able to for a couple of reasons. So they're singing. 
They're all over the place. Kevin is dancing in the booth and it's so awful. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. I think the thing I find most offensive is the bad milkshake props. <laughs> you can tell that they are styrofoam. I can see where two styrofoam balls were glued together. I can see the seam and I'm just like, I am offended. This is a CW television show where you have superheroes all the live long day. Give me better fake milkshakes. They should be mashed potatoes. The fucking lip sync is off like the entire fucking scene. None of them can keep it up. It's the whole thing is the most ridiculous forced bullshit I've ever seen. And this being the way that you bring Tony back is an insult to the actress and the character. Yeah. We pushed her away. I mean, again, I understand there's the extenuating factors of her real life pregnancy. When she had to go, she had to go. Yeah, absolutely. And then you bring her back. That's fine. But she should have been in the episode from the beginning. She should have been at the white worm. We should have had other commentary. We should have had other characters commenting on, yeah, she's almost done. She's still on bed rest. And her, like the first time we see her, she should have been like, Tony, I thought you were on bed rest. It's like, well, I'm past my due date. Bed rest is over. <laughs> I've seen other shows do that where it's like, okay, we sent this actress away. We bring her back and we're like, you haven't had your baby yet. Nope. But my due date is over. So we do not have to lay in bed anymore. Great. Cool. Because we know we're going to accelerate this part of the story. Again, lazy. Uh, lazy construction of the scene. Lazy way to bring Tony back. And then using her for product placement from of Old Navy cute baby jeans. Yeah. I didn't hate it. It makes Tony a prop completely. It does. She's a prop. She's there to sing a song and showcase their sponsor. That's it. That's all she's good for in this story, which this is the story, the first time they've truly centered other BI and POC characters. And you relegate one of your full-time BI and POC characters to a prop, which the show as a whole has consistently been called out for. Yep. Yeah. So don't, don't love that. Alexandra likes the whole concept, but she's going to need uh, all the financials for the last 20 years. To which uh, Tabitha's like, okay. 20 years. I can understand if you're, this is the first time you're franchising. That doesn't seem unreasonable. So Josie arrives at her hotel room and her mom's there. And as soon as she sees her, she just bursts into tears. And they kind of, they have this really sweet conversation. And we kind of find out what has actually happened to Josie. Her father passed away. She was in Berlin about to go on stage when she got the call from her mom that her dad had died. And then she couldn't get on stage. Understandable. Mm-hmm. He had a heart attack, and so she just couldn't do it. So her mom kind of finishes her set. She's like, you came back to Riverdale. Yep. And so, like, they, they talked just a little bit, but then Sierra brings out the urn. And she's like, you know, your dad's wish was uh, that he be scattered around the country at all the little spots he toured and loved. And he's like, yeah, that sounds about right. And Sierra's like, oh, that's not all. He wrote some songs or reorchestrated, but never got a chance to record. She brings up this notebook with all this stuff. And, you know, in it is a picture of Josie. And, you know, it's it's sweet. The folio is fine. The wish to be scattered across the country. Wow, that's convenient. <laughs> well, you know, you got to give her a reason. I guess. I mean, they could have they could have been more subtle. And like your, his last request was that he be scattered in the places that meant the most to us. And Josie been like, you know, I'm going to take my dad with me on the road because that's where he was the happiest. That would be better. 
That would have been sweeter. Instead of making like the actual request about the music and the tour stuff. Sure. And then make it make her way of honoring him after she sung this song and sees him being, I'm going to take one down the road. I won't call it lazy. I will just call it a little too on the nose. A yes. little too on the nose. Yeah. It happens to the best writer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that one go. That's fair. Because yeah. they make so many more egregious errors. They do. We go back to Valerie and Melody's apartment. And Melody's just like, hey, we got to talk. Um, Josie didn't do right by us. And I want to do right by you. Which means I got to be honest with you. And she tells her that the movie's not going to happen. Because Tyler Perry wants a star. And I'm not doing it without you. And Val's like, no, like, it makes sense. You should do this. Val's like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, that, that's the bit. Like, I get it. And Val's like, nope, that role's yours. And we'll get it done. Two of us together the right way. So then they get a phone call and they're like, is that Josie again? No, it's her mom. <gasps> okay. So we cut back to Pops and it's Alexandra, Tabitha, and Veronica again. And Alexandra's like, okay, great. I've gone through your books. Um, we have to reprice everything. And Veronica is like, I think, you know, bringing prices up to date is totally doable. And Tabitha is like, okay, okay. Um, but and then there's the milkshake. Oh, it's divinity in a glass. You're losing money on them. But if we adjust the recipe and replace real milk with instant milk, we can save a ton of money. Tabitha's like, uh-uh. Pops milkshakes are our signature product developed by my great grandfather. I can't change the recipe. And Alexandra's like, oh, relax, just a milkshake. Whoa. Okay. Alexandra, you may not know this, but Pop started off selling one thing, chocolate milkshakes. Hence the name Pop's Chocolate Shop. That was back when this was the first and only Black-owned business in town. It was open 24-7, a safe place for people like us. And I like the hand motion she does between, between the two of them. Mm -hmm. When those were few and far between. So no, it's not just a milkshake. And this isn't just a business. It's a legacy. And I can't give that up for a bottom line. I love that. Holy shit. Like. I was not prepared for that deep a throwdown, but they did it. And I was like, you know what? You know what, Riverdale? Yeah. That was good. Uh-huh. We never got that context with Pops. And that was fine. The whole thing was like, Pops has been around here forever. Pop himself has been here forever. That's fine. I appreciate they gave this history and context for Tabitha to share because it shows why it matters to her. Yes. Like, it's not just her family business. Like, this is a big fucking deal. Uh-huh. Tabitha is the first character we've introduced in a very long time that I feel like they have been doing right by. Yeah. I do not feel like, I don't feel like she's been tokenized. I don't feel like she's been wasted. I don't feel like she... I don't think she shows up in ways that are shoehorned or inappropriate. It feels very natural. And part of that is because she works at Pops, the place where everyone's going to go. And if it's not going to Pops, they're going to the White Worms. They're going to pass through her business. And so that is key. Her position in the community is part of what makes her character feel so great. But yeah, getting this context for Pops is amazing. You did a good Riverdale. You did a good Riverdale. Yay. We should keep tally on those. How often do we say that? Rarely. Rarely. So rarely. So Tab's like, this doesn't feel right anymore. And, just, and I'm done, which is great. That's how she should feel. Uh, Alexander's like, okay, well, Veronica, I'm assuming you're prepared for me to withdraw my money from your portfolios ASAP. 
And Veronica's like, yeah, if you want to, great. But the banks are closed. So you'll have to wait until tomorrow. And Alexander's like, see you bright and early. I love that Veronica does not react in front of Tabitha to be Mm -hmm. like, yeah, she made the right choice. But then as she looks down at her milkshake, she's like, gulp. (laughs) It's really good. It's a very, it's a very nice little bit from Camilla there. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) So we cut over to the music room and Valerie and Melody show up for Josie and like, oh, we thought you'd be here. She's like, why are you here? Your mom called us. So mom told them about their dad and we're so sorry. Why didn't you tell us? And, you know, we would have never said those things to you. (laughs) So it's kind of fair. But Josie's like, you're completely right. Yes. And they also gave her a very reasonable reason for Josie's deep behavior. Doesn't excuse it, but it's a reasonable motivation. Sometimes I think watching my dad spend his entire career just outside the spotlight is why I became so obsessed with getting it for myself. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, let's play one more time. And the girls are like, yeah, we want to sing on the track. And she's like, how would you feel if we did a one night only concert? Like, That'd be incredible. But what's the occasion? You guys giving me another shot makes me think that maybe some other people might deserve one too. I hated that line because it's not about them. It, it's it's too it's one it's another one of those two on the nose but it feels some icky. place deserves another shot that it should have been about riverdale because it because it is about riverdale these people don't deserve an, a second chance with you you don't need it not until they've made amends <laughs> well they don't need it they don't need to and josie doesn't need them to make amends with her she needed amends to be made with valerie and melody mm-hmm. so now she wants to give back to the place. So yeah. it should have been like, like, but some like makes me want to give this place another shot. Yep. Or I want people to see what I see in this place. Something, something to that effect that giving other people a shot. Fuck that bullshit. So we head on over to Archie's classroom. Also adorable. Very cute. Josie, Melody and Valerie. I feel like I'm in sophomore year again. This is a great <laughs> callback. That's very cute. So they're going to do a, a concert. And Archie's just like, what? I mean, I don't know exactly. To which Joe's like, Shh. when a pop star offers you help, you don't try to talk them out of it. It's true. So they say what they're going to do. And I want we're going to have this concert and all the proceeds will benefit the fund to reincorporate the former town of Riverdale. All right, cool. To which Archie says, Josie and the Pussycats reunited. If that doesn't save Riverdale, nothing will. Which is very Archie, but I'll allow it. Because it's cute. It's cute. So now we're at the White Worm for the concert. And, you know, Tony shows up. Like, this is this could have been the first time we saw Tony. Like, yeah. Tony, how overdue are you? A week. <laughs> right. I do love the one line she gets after she does the whole dance and stuff, Ooh. which is like, I was hoping it might induce labor. Alas. But no <laughs> Yeah. It was bad, but it was funny. <laughs> no, but like they could have given that to her here. Yes. Because having her show up here makes sense. She's like, I'm off bed rest. I'm here. I'm going to shake my ass and hopefully it'll induce labor. <laughs> like, great. That would have been hilarious. Many women have tried this. <laughs> Never worked for me. But, you know, great. I love it. But then Betty gets probably my favorite line after Hiram Lodge a little bitch is Dr. Curdle Jr. Hey, did someone die? <laughs> I was not expecting that. I was then not expecting Dr. Curdle Jr. Dr. Curdle Jr. has hair. Also something we haven't seen. 
And a fedora. And a fedora. <laughs> like a dork. So he's there, and he's standing next to Waldo, and they're huge Josie fans. Dr. Curdle Jr. has a Josie shirt. So does Waldo. <laughs> this, is, this is the greatest thing ever. This was, I did it, like, again, this joke is so great. Don't tell me you don't have time for story when you have time for jokes this good. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so we get the very moody Josie and the Pussycat song, long tails and ears for hats. And they're actually wearing ears and tails. It's great. Very well done. I also found out in that interview with Ashley Murray that that song actually plays before every time the Pussycats play in show. So this wasn't the first time they got to do it. So that's kind of cool, but this version is very moody. So they sing and, you know, when they finish, Josie's just like, let's give it up for Valerie Brown and Melody Valentine. And then she talks about how she's played a lot of places, you know, Sydney Opera House, the Dodger Stadium, the Apollo, but there's no better spot to play music than here. And Riverdale nourishes artists like myself and Valerie and Melody and heck, even Jughead Jones. So the next song is something my dad wanted to hear me perform. It's originally sung by one of his favorite artists, Nina Simone. And so she sings this song and during it, she sees her father watching her. It's gorgeous. This, this was the song. I had to go look up this song because I'm like, I've got to go hear this later because wow. This is where their song choice was perfection. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wish we had half as many songs because it took away from this. Yeah, it did. Because- at this point, we're like, another song. We have to sit there, another song. We have to sit there, another song. But this is the one you sh- we should want to hear this song. Yes. And because this is the best song one, it's just, it's beautiful. So then in the middle of it, Tony stands up and Josie's like, Tony, are you okay? I'm so sorry, Josie. I think I'm having my baby. Oh, crap. Uh, is there a doctor in the house? To which Colonel is like, I'm a doctor. And Fangs gets up. And very remotely, he goes, I can do it. We prepared for a home birth. I just need another pair of hands. To which Cheryl jumps in and says, I can do it. Ew. (laughs) Ew. Okay. I have so many things to say about this. (laughs) I think home birth is awesome. Home birth is great. This is not where I were expecting you to go for your first point. Okay. I I want to be very clear. I am very pro-home birth. I want people to give birth where they are comfortable giving birth. Okay. There is no reason for Tony to stay at Pops to have this fucking baby. (laughs) She's a week overdue. She's a week overdue. What happened? Did her water break? Because um, this is not, this is, this is this classic TV birth. I know way too much. Rarely. Does your labor just start and, oh, damn, you're just ready to push out a baby? That almost never happens. Only 10% of births are started by the water breaking. (laughs) This is so stupid. (laughs) They should be going to another location. If they were prepared for a home birth, they can go home. (laughs) You don't live a million miles away. Go home. They have large flat surfaces like a bar and a pool table at the White Worm, Diana. She's not giving birth in the White Worm (laughs) because there's currently a concert happening in the White Worm. (laughs) Okay. That's your first point. That's my first point. Tony needed to be in a diff, go to another location. Number two. Number two. I would not let Cheryl Blossom anywhere near my nether regions while birthing, (laughs) given their history. Uh. 
no. I want the creepy autopsy doctor. I will take the medical professional, thank you very much. Yes. I mean, he's already proven himself to be not that creepy when he's just like, I really like Josie. I mean, it's kind of creepy, but it's it's not as bad as the autopsy shit. That was so out of place <laughs> and inappropriate. Given their relationship the last we saw it, uh-uh, no fucking way. That woman is in the room assisting, much less in the place I'm giving birth. Uh-uh. Uh. Uh-uh. Lazy as fuck. It's fucking wild. No. This show, this show is flabbergasting. I was waiting for the jump the shark moment. This episode's probably it. I think we I think we got it for season five. There are no more sharks to jump, David. We've jumped so many times. Oh, oh, they can always they can always jump higher. You know they can. Oh, sure. So yeah. Ah, yeah. Fun, fun times. And also, this would have been the perfect time for Kevin to have jumped in. To be like, I'll drive y'all. We got this. Let's go. Because he was supposed to be the third parent. Now, granted, it's not a relationship with Fangs anymore. So it appears that he is no longer going to be the other parent. That's fine. But this was his opportunities to support both of them in a way that could have been like, I'm the hero. I'm great. That's what he should have done. Well, and there's weird coding that he is the third parent. Exactly. There are a couple of lines that make it sound like he is. But it's weird, so we don't know. Well, and that he's then the father who's not allowed in the hospital room. Like, there's some fucking weird bullshit going on there. We still haven't established what that dynamic is going to be post Fangs and Kevin's breakup. So, yeah, that that was all made much muddier by Cheryl going. So it should have just been like, let's get you home. We're, re- we're, we're prepared for home birth. Let's go. And Kevin could have been the one like, I'll drive. Let's go. Okay, we're going. Because that's what they all prepared for. That's fine. Yeah. And that would that would have been a way to make Kevin more still entwined with things. Because I think Kevin's scheming. And it would have removed the icky Cherylness of it all. And then you could have had Cheryl show up with flowers and a beautiful gift basket or whatever for the baby and the new family as a peace offering. And that's it. And then leave. Oh, uh, but that's not Riverdale. No, they're horrible. So we cut to Pops and Kevin is pacing back and forth like the father who's not in the room. And Alexandra is at the booth with Veronica and Tabitha. And it's like, well, as exciting as a random birth in the back of a diner is, not to mention the coincidence of crossing paths with Josie and Riverdale, my mind naturally turns back to business, as always. <laughs> I like this for this character. This is this is great. Like, I don't have a problem with Alexandra. She's cool. All she can think of is business shit. So her whole thing is, hey, we got a celebrity endorsement now. This makes this more lucrative. And so let's do that and keep the original milkshake. So deal. So cool. Cool. So that's going to be going. So then we cut to another booth and it's the pussycats and Melody just like typical Riverdale. The pussycats always getting upstaged by something to which Valerie says better a new baby than a dead body. (laughs) I love that. That made me so happy. Hello, writer. That was perfection. And so they just talk about how great it was to perform again. And Josie asked them, would you ever consider going on tour with me? And they're like, wait, what? Because, yeah, I'm going to drive around the country and visit all the small, cool places my dad played to honor his final wish, which, again, makes total sense for her character. And they're like, would we be your opening act? She's like, no, no, all headlighting. And they're just like, okay, we got we to gotta talk about this. And Valerie says, I have to talk to Alan about a lot of things, including the fact that I'm not ready to get married. To which Melody's like, 
wait, what? I'll talk. I'll tell you one later. <laughs> Which is precious, precious. So good. It's just, it's, I, those moments are so cute. You know what it is too? Their chemistry together is fabulous. Which is which is why they were cast originally, anyways. And and fresh, like the the core force chemistry. Part of it is we're dealing with so much trauma. Trauma. Um, you know, in better times they do they did have better chemistry and with better writing, and mm. we've just kind of lost that plot a little bit. But these three have that fresh chemistry, and my God, again, it's just that thing of like, yeah, I hope it happens. I don't want anybody forced into it, not being excited and on board. Mm. But like, if everybody's into it, this will be awesome because of how much chemistry they have together. Exactly. Like, they've got it. It's great. Yeah. So they're talking about that. They're all in. They're excited. And then Cheryl comes out from the back and goes to Kevin. And she's like, it's a boy. And so they're all excited. And they all make cute faces at each other. And Kevin's like, finally, some good news in this crazy town. And then ominous music. There's some weirdness where it's just like, what are y'all going to go with the Blossom Crazy Child cult shit again? Like, God damn this show. Then we cut to, uh, I guess, the next day and we're outside Pops and there's a Pussycats tour bus next to them. Well, you know. And uh, Kevin is talking to Josie and she's like, I'm not going to lie. We're kind of hoping you'd stay and be Riverdale's new music teacher. And. It's like, uh, my destiny lies elsewhere. I love that her first thing she goes is, ha! Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the rest of the core group is there and they're just like, hey, you know, have an amazing tour. They're all being really nice. And she's like, uh, you know, you guys should come out and see me sometime. And they're like, we definitely will, especially if we get backstage passes. And she's like, hells yes. And uh, look who came to say goodbye. And there's Tony and Fangs with the baby. No, he's a baby. What's what's the cutie patootie's name? Tony. <laughs> Which I will admit, when I first heard that, didn't think about it. It's Tony and Tony. Yeah. Did not think about it. Tony Anthony after my grandfather. Which makes it that I'm sure Tony was named after her grandfather. She's Antoinette. Yes. And now her son's name is Anthony. So that's really sweet. I think that's cool. And Josie says, you know, congratulations again, Tony. Thanks, Kevin. He's really beautiful. And that's when I wrote, awkward. So awkward. Because again, we don't know what the parenting dynamic is going to be. We know that both Fangs and Kevin donated sperm. So we don't know who the biological father is. And that doesn't make a parent. But in this situation, it muddies the water. And I guarantee you we're going to find out that Kevin's the biological father parents you know it you know it because it's gonna further it's gonna further ingrain kevin and fangs together it just is well it's also gonna raise that child in the cult sure well that's gonna be part of the scheming from kevin he wants a dna test on that baby because he wants to know (sighs) i guarantee you that's gonna be a plot point at some point guarantee it's gonna it's gonna come up ew yep so we cut over to valerie and Alan M and they're they're talking, they're being really sweet. And Val's just like, you don't have to come with us. And Alan's just like, I still love you and I'm in it for the long haul, married or not. Uh, and in case I haven't told you today, I'm crazy about you. Uh, so it's very cute. So Alan, Alan M's going on the bus. And then we we move down the the bus line and we see Melody talking to Nance. And they're like, it's gonna be weird not being on the road with you. And she's like, you'll be fine. We'll check in every night. And Melody's just like, I know, it's just gonna, not going to be the same. And then 
creepy rolls up on his motorcycle. Okay. And uh, it feels a little weird, but he wants to tag along. He'll pull his weight. He could drive the bus or be Josie's roadie or be her anything, <laughs> which is so cheesy. And there's a part of me that wants to go, don't you have a fucking job, dude? But, you know, Sweet Pea has never really been anchored by anything other than the serpents. So this is a really easy way to send this character out of the show in a way that isn't, I don't think it's disrespectful to this character. He He's never been a super big deal, but it lets him go off. And so as far as in show, we know he's following the girl he loves. Cool. So Josie says it might, it's going to be a tight squeeze, but yes. And Pooh's like, I'll hey, my stuff. I was just like, just make him ride there. Like, what's he going to do with his goddamn motorcycle? Who's taking the bike? Fangs is going to take the bike. It'll be, it'll be fine. All right, the serpents will take care of it. It'll be fine. And then, you know, episode one of the, the real pussycat show. Uh, I dumped Sweet Pea's ass like six miles ago. <laughs> <laughs> he, could, he couldn't handle road life. <laughs> sure, why not? Well, Jordan, Jordan O'Connor's on another show. So that's no. part of why he is not in this show more. He is not available, which good for him. He's adorable. And I just found out he just got married. Congratulations, Jordan O'Connor. Very cute. So now Sierra's there. And apparently she's gone with them too. And then a man named Toot Sweet shows up. <sighs> and apparently he toured with Miles, Miles McCoy. And um, he got mixed up in some bad stuff. Debts, petty crimes, even voodoo. God damn it. Which that's where we go. Fuck y'all. They could have just said some weird religious shit. They could have said nothing and just said he was in New Orleans. Got mixed up in some bad stuff. Some debts and petty crimes. They could have. They could have left it at that. But you said voodoo. Well, so let me be clear. There is a way to approach that. A new show might follow in a similar vein to what the cartoon was, which is three bandmates who also solve mysteries on the They're solving mysteries on the road. Yeah. No, it's a Scooby-Doo show. It's fine. Yeah. And so, like, if you want to incorporate that because it's a show about black leads, I don't hate that, but don't say it right now. But this is not the place to say no! it. If you're going to go to New Orleans and the first mystery is what happened to my dad, you can go to New Orleans and be like, oh, he went to that shop that has a history of practicing voodoo. Okay. That's a different thing. Make it true detective weird. Like, yeah. come on. Dropping it here. Lazy. 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 Mark. Oh, beyond lazy. And. Yeah, it's just bad. It's just, it doesn't feel good. It just feels so out of place. Uh, and he basically, he also says, I don't believe your father died of natural causes. To which Josie's like, are you saying my father was murdered? <laughs> to which he's like, I realize that might come as a shock. To which Sierra says, Mr. Sweet, we've lived long enough in Riverdale to know that when someone passes away, foul play is always on the table. Spoken like a true attorney. <laughs> Spoken like a true Riverdale resident. Exactly. <laughs> So he goes and Joseph's like, well, I know where the first stop of my tour is going to be New Orleans. Yeah. And then Sierra gets on the fucking bus. I thought she had a husband. Mm, I don't think so. And just because she has a husband doesn't mean she can't go. Like, I'm not saying anything about that. But we haven't addressed if they're still married. She talks about in the scene with her and Josie that she had left Riverdale. And that alone just made me assume, okay, she and she and Tom split up at some point. But see, it would have been so easy. It's like, did like with a conversation with Josie, 
her mom be like, have you seen Tom since you've been back? It's like, no, it's too hard since the divorce. Yep. Or or since we separated. It don't even have to be divorced. Or since like, that would have been so easy for that to be the time we addressed this. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing is we've seen Tom so much because he's great. Um, but oh damn, that makes him eligible now to date Alice later. <laughs> okay, let's be fair. That'd be fucking hot. I would rather Alice date <sighs> Tom than Frank. She's probably gonna sleep with both of them, which I'm also fine with. As long as everyone's a consenting adult, I don't care. It's gonna be Scream all over again. Yes! <laughs> we love Scream in this house. The reporter and the sheriff. Yes! It's perfect. Please give Tom a real deputy. Please. If you don't <laughs> name him Dewey, I'm gonna be so mad! Dwight. His name can be Dwight. They get in the bus, and all they trail away with some more narration from Melody and you know it's uh Josie McCoy Valerie Brown and Melody Valentine remember our names because you're going to be hearing from us again they pull out and fans are trailing behind cheering them on Dr. Curdle's running by with a yep. poster and then we get a title card Pussy Pussycats. <laughs> I mean for backdoor pilot it's pretty good I enjoy it as its own standalone thing. As an episode of Riverdale, it's bullshit. Oh, it's fucking ridiculous. It's fan service the episode. But I mean. Well, it's critic. Us included in that critic uh, service. It's everything service. Because other than Josie calling out everybody on their bullshit and Tony having her baby, this is not an episode of Riverdale. No. No. So that's fine. Whatever. (sighs) Our lazy count was 12. Fuck. Okay, now you gotta keep track of that all the time. <laughs> Every time we call them lazy, you're gonna have to keep track. Man, now we're gonna have to go back and listen to all our episodes and see how many times we called them lazy. Oh, fuck no. Hey, listeners, if you're bored and you want to do that, sh- give us a tally. That's true. I'm. I will gladly take that information and uh, then give you a shout out on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. Please stop using your BIMPOC characters as prop. That'd be nice. Be refreshing. The treatment you've given Tabitha, you need to give to all characters who are not considered the core four. And even Veronica, you could be doing a whole hell of a lot better with. <sighs> okay, the core four, we have major, like, we have, we have like, big things that have to get fixed for all of them, really. It, it's not as simple as what you did with Tabitha, do for everybody else. What you're doing with Tabitha, do for Kevin, do for Fangs, do for Tony. Like, the core four, like, hell. Do it with Cheryl, but Cheryl sucks. I'd really just like kill her off at this point because it's so bad. But anyways. Ah, uh, this show. This show. It, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> hard. So let's go figure out what's going to happen next time. Oh, fuck. Okay, so next week is called Band of Brothers. Which, okay. Uh, well, we're, it looks like it's going to be an Archie background heavy episode. So Band of Brothers is a fair reference. Okay. Chad, apparently it's called the SEC on Veronica. And it looks like she's starting an airline. <laughs> I mean, that's what it looks like based on those costumes. Or they're going to sing a song. One of the two. It's Lodge Air or Gecko Air. Something like that. Jughead is on his apology tour. Yeah, that's fair. 
which is part of why I feel like he shouldn't have been in this last episode because like have him coming back. Like I've been staying away. I've been focusing on myself. These are things I need to do. Like it would have been better for that character because while his yikes was funny, you could have given that yikes to anyone at the table. Uh-huh. And Cheryl is apparently going to be queen of the bees. <laughs> okay. All right. She's just going to hold a bunch of bees and, you know, not get stung. Is that like your proof of your power? Well, she's staring down her mother, so. Yeah, the synopsis says that her and Kevin are going to try to gain control of the ministry. This is where we may we may find out what's going on with Mama Penelope. Fun! Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome and rad that we're going to build another cult for those two. I really, really love it. I don't hate the whole cult thing because we haven't dealt with the whole. Well, we yeah, the cult was religious based. I yeah, it just it's a grift. The whole point is it's a grift. Well, for Penelope, I don't yeah. know about these other two, but why do we keep going back to this? Well, so much therapy. I'm so much therapy. I'm so done with it. We finally got Kevin to a spot where he felt like. He was definitely bored and disillusioned, but at least he felt, like, not traumatized. And then we just redid it all over again. The Kevin we met at the beginning of this season, or the time jump, felt better adjusted. Just a little. Which is fine, because he'd been building this life that he thought he wanted, and it turns out he didn't. Yeah. He's not happy with his job. He wasn't happy with his home life. He's got some abandonment issues and some approval issues that he needs to deal with. Which, again, is also fine. I mean, that scene he has with his father is phenomenal. Yes. Again, every Kevin and Tom scene is just amazing. Whoever's writing those, gold star. But, you know, at this point, it's just like, we just keep traumatizing him. And unless it's going to serve for a bigger character build for Kevin, where he's just like, I'm immune to you, Cheryl. I'm immune to all of this now. I don't care. And I don't need it. But why would we ever trust Riverdale? We don't. We never trust them. We just are very pleasantly surprised <laughs> from time to time. We should also mention that it's officially been announced what the musical is for this year. And that's going to be episode 18. It's called Next to Normal. This has been predicted months ago on Twitter based on a bunch of emoji stuff that's been happening between Instagram and whatnot. So that doesn't. it's not a surprise at all. So... Okay, I I appreciate the unusual choice. We had predicted a lot of other things. So next to normal, I don't know a ton about it. I know it deals with the loss and mental illness. I've been seeing some other people's posts about, oh, this song or that song. So I may try to investigate that more before we get to the episode so I can have some better context for it. But as of right now, I can't really speak to. That sounds amazing. (laughs) But loss and mental illness is definitely on brand. Yeah. And also, as of the recording of this, Riverdale season six is officially in production. Oh, good. Well, (laughs) this season ends October 6th and season six airs November 16th. Christ. Yeah, we get like five minutes to break. (laughs) That's the fastest turnaround we've ever had with them. They've already got the poster out for season six with the Riverdale VI for six. <laughs> and it's, it's apparently it's going to be, ba- be a battle for good and evil and who's on what side. Oh, cool. All that's right. The, that's the theme for season six, which also leads me to believe season six is going to be our last. Hey. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. All right. Well, until next time, hashtag Go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. 
listening, be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.